Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Wherever you're listening, whether you're here on WYSL, where we're live until 1 p.m., of course, give us a call there, 585-346-3000, or listening online on the Facebook page, the Kevin Wilson one, A Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube page, or the Twitter. Or if you're listening to us down the line, WACK out in Newark, or WENY the Patriot down in Southern Tier, wherever you're listening. Thanks for being here. We appreciate you. You guys rock. And, uh, yeah, what a what a weird week this has been. If you thought 2021 was going to be a return to normal, who boy, were you mistaken. All right, so what I want to talk about today, though, is I want to talk about what's going on with with big tech. I want to talk about Parler. I want to talk about what Twitter did to to President Trump. I want to talk about all that stuff. So, again, uh, if you're listening to a live show and you want to participate in the conversation, either leave me a comment with what you think. Do you think big tech is suppressing free speech and we're going to go into the first amendment stuff but do you think it's a problem with the culture of free speech so we're going to talk about both those things is it good is it bad uh you know are you happy president trump was banned from twitter and facebook and instagram or is that an awful thing (laughs) do you think that's a that's a problem um so we'll talk about all this so let's just kind of give a, a high level overview again if you haven't already seen this. Uh, President Trump was totally removed from Twitter. He was taken off. You can't, you can't even see the archive of what they didn't even shut down his ability to tweet like all of his past stuff. Gone. You go look at the account. It ain't there. You can find stuff on internet archives like stuff on the internet's forever. It, it ain't ever going away. Uh, but on the, on the account itself if you go to where you used to be able to find Donald Trump on Twitter it's gone. And we don't know his day to day musings anymore. It's just it ain't there. He has been, uh, in that sense, on that platform, silenced. And he's also been pulled off several other platforms as well. You know, from uh, Facebook to Instagram, I think even Spotify banned him. Uh, Pornhub also banned him. So, uh, unfortunately, President Trump is no longer able to post any videos on Pornhub. And actually, I'm I'm kind of making a joke about that, but Pornhub is kind of famous for allowing anyone to post basically anything. Um... And that's why, you know, people who post videos of, like, how to uh, do 3D-printed guns will, will sometimes post them on Pornhub because they're like, well, you know, we're, as long as it's not doing anything illegal or exploitative, you know, we're going to keep it up there. So, but Pornhub apparently has taken their stand as well, as has Spotify. They will not allow the president to make a playlist, as is the right of uh, former President Barack Obama, who often makes playlists that... Well, some of them are pretty good, actually. His policies aside, he does have some pretty good play- playlists from time to time. But anyhow, that, that's, that's not material. Um, with this, though, you know, I have to ask the question, you know, is 
is President Trump's right to free speech violated? Now, in the legal sense, there isn't a violation of free speech, right? So the companies like, like Twitter and Facebook and any others, they don't have any obligation legally to allow anyone on their platforms. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, I have no inherent right to that. It's a privilege that I'm only able to exercise because I agree to Twitter, Facebook's, uh, whoever's terms of service. So that's that's the only reason I'm able to use that. And private companies are free to regulate that speech in whatever way they want. So again, this is just from a strictly legal perspective. There is no First Amendment violation here. And again, we've talked about this a lot on this show. You know, there's there's a difference between what is allowed and what is good. And I think part of the debate here is that does this change the culture of free speech? And is this a smart thing to do to tell a head of state, you know, uh, President Trump, that he no longer has access to this platform? And at the same time, I think that folks have correctly pointed out that Twitter's let a bunch of other stuff slide. So like they, they allow the, the Chinese government to whitewash over what they're doing to the Uyghurs. There, there's a genocide going on in China right now, and they are able to consistently post stuff denying what's happening over there or, or explaining it away, being like, oh, we're just civilizing them. Nonsense. They're, they're putting people in concentration camps. It's disgusting. And yet the Chinese government and, and the enablers of that have been allowed to operate freely. So have, you know, officials in, uh, at various points uh, in Iran, in Russia, uh, in all these other ugly totalitarian governments, they've been able to operate more or less freely to be able to post what they want. And you know, part of me thinks that, okay, maybe that's, that's a good thing. What these folks have to say is newsworthy. And to, to give some credit to these companies, President Trump has not lost his free speech, right? Like, he's someone with power. If he wants to say something, he has a bully pulpit. He has the ability to go and speak in front of a crowd, and people are going to listen because of his position. And I think you could say the same thing about every other head of state, too. If they want to say something, anything that they say is newsworthy and will get out there. At any point in time right now, if President Trump wants to go on to CNN, they, they, they might let him. I mean, some of these networks are starting to not show every speech that he has. But if he wants to go on uh, OAN or, or uh, Newsmax or any of these other places, too, he can at any time. They're going to give him a platform, and he can speak to his supporters directly. So, again, President Trump's free speech hasn't been violated. And I'm still, I'm still a little iffy on, on whether or not this is a good thing or not. And, again, because part of me wants to say, like, well— if they're going to apply these standards to President Trump, then my goodness, I would be happy to see them apply to ugly, really, really authoritarian governments around the world. Like, fine, you know, if you're going to do this, just just apply it consistently. I have no right to Twitter. And, yeah, I mean, that's that, that's what it is. I don't have a right to use that platform. That's what it is. What I do get concerned with is, is not only have they banned President Trump, though, they banned a lot of other people, some of which, you know, it, it's hard to tell why they were kicked off the platform. Not all of them were necessarily like bad people planning criminal acts on Twitter. That's that's not what was happening. I mean, I know they kicked off like Lynn Wood because he was he was one of the, the lawyers who's been working on stuff. He, he he was posting some pretty ugly stuff and actually got in trouble with Parler 
which we will talk about later, for uh, talking about trying to execute President uh, Vice President Pence. So that parlor had a line too. They're like, "Whoa, okay, maybe that's that's a little bit too much. Don't you can't talk about actual violent crimes against specific people. That's that's a problem." And I, I agree. I, I, if I were a platform like them, I wouldn't want to be liable for that either. Not that it uh, saved them in the end. Uh, folks like Apple and Amazon and Google said it was too little, too late, based on what they were able to do. But we're going to talk about that in the next segment. But the with with President Trump's Twitter and all these other accounts that were banned, you know, what I get concerned with is, is the same thing we saw happen to uh, to Andrew again, the the host of this show, uh, Andrew Hollister, was also kicked off Facebook. Offered very little explanation, no recourse, no time for uh, appeal, just gone, just zucked, banned. No options whatsoever. And if he tries to create a new one, they keep getting shut down. So he's been off the off the platform, off of Facebook and Instagram for months now. And there's there's nothing he can do about it. No way to offer explanation or ask forgiveness if he had done anything wrong. And again... Private companies legally have the right to do this. But I will say that I, I get some of the concern to say, is it a good thing for our culture to say the solution to people putting out speech that, that's ugly or problematic or you just disagree with, is the solution to that to shut that speech down? Even if it's a, a private solution, is that the right thing to do? Yes, these platforms have a right to do it. Is it good for our country, good for our culture, if we're starting to adapt that? Not enforced by the government, but perhaps with fear of retribution from governments in the future. Because they're, they know they're going to be pressured to react to what's happening, what happened at the Capitol building. Because I, I think that's exactly why Apple and Google and Amazon acted, because they knew that if they did nothing, they would all be dragged before Congress and, talk, and hung up as these the, – the causes, the facilitators of what happened at the Capitol building. All right, so we'll talk about that, what's going on with these companies, and, and other big tech issues here on A Free Solution in just a few minutes. Talk to you soon. Free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. And again, if you have thoughts on what big tech is doing, what, what Amazon, Google, Twitter, all these folks, Facebook, what they're doing, give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Always appreciate the thoughtful discussions you all bring to the show. Uh, and, and we do have a few comments on time, uh, st- uh, online Stephen just saying hi. Uh, Scott Reed Coverdale saying I agree. And then we have another comment that says, uh, you know, what about the, the moral agreement you enter with them when you start using the platform? You know, I, I'm going to guess that you mean like terms of service, right? So, again, I'm not disputing that private companies have the ability to be able to do this. Like I think that they, they can and should set certain terms of service. And and unless uh, this listener expands on it, you know, I'll I'll just try to take a guess at what I think this means. Um, and, and my guess is, I, I think I think it's a fair point. Like again, these platforms want to create something that is generally enjoyable by all people. 
And so this is this is something I think the platforms are going to continue making this argument for why they can justify banning President Trump and, and a lot of other people from the platform, including the, the big purge that they did a few months ago. It's not just a political thing. It's not just uh, an ideological thing um, or, or a threat of violence, which I think you can make a pretty easy case. If someone's threatening violence on your platform, okay, yeah, sure. But it's also harassment. So just to, to be the devil's advocate here and to make that other side of the argument, they're going to say it's akin to this. Imagine you are in a bar and you want to talk very loudly about why, and none of you want to do this, but imagine someone else wants to come in and talk very loudly about why we should uh, adapt Marxism. And you're like, okay, sure, whatever, fine. But, but they keep doing it and they keep shouting at you and they're confronting you and you're just trying to enjoy your beer. I know. Imagine a world where you can go into a bar and enjoy a beer. I know that's it's it's getting farther and farther away. It's so distant. Uh, but no, imagine that that that's the case though. And you got someone shouting about Marxism, and, and they they want Marxism to happen. AOC's their hero, and they they want to see the communist revolution happen. And the bartender's like, "All right, you got cool it. You got you just got to calm down a little bit, like." You want to have a private conversation over here, that's fine. But the moment you start yelling at the other customers, that's when that's a problem. And that person goes on and says, I have free speech. This is my right to say this here. I'm like, well, you don't have a right to say that in a private establishment. You're disturbing other people. So does that bar have a right to kick them out? Does it violate their free speech by saying, no, you don't have a right to, to shout that in here? That's my my good faith argument in favor of what Twitter is doing here. We'll, we'll go to another comment. Um, you know, Bob is saying on YouTube, and yet most of the extremist groups around the world are not banned. Yeah, again, that's true. I think that's a good point. You know, what What I would like to see is, is again, consistency here. Consistency. If, if you are going to say, like, this is our bright line, and I know this, these are all subjective decisions. But if you're going to say this is our bright line, if you're advocating for violence, if you're advocating for this type of extremism, we don't want that stuff here. You know, we want a community that is going to be welcoming, and we don't want to drive off our normal users who don't want to see this political extremism here. Fine. I get that. I get why a company – because, again, what Facebook and Twitter want, the private companies, they want to make money. They, they want to sell ads. That, that's that's their goal. Their goal isn't to, you know, it, their goal isn't to push ideology. Their goal isn't to create a, a wonderful, welcoming community. The goal is to sell ads. Like they're, they're there to make money. Like all the pie in the sky stuff doesn't matter. They're there to sell ads. That's what this is for. So, if people are leaving the platform, they're uncomfortable there. They don't like what's going on. They're not going to be able to sell ads. People like me, because it's my day job, aren't going to buy ads on those platforms to be able to sell them T-shirts or windows or whatever I'm selling. So their goal is to make everyone as comfortable as possible. Now, that can run into conflict when making people as comfortable as possible is a problem because sometimes we need people to be uncomfortable. Sometimes we need to challenge the status quo because government is perpetuating injustices. So that's... Part of what I think is happening here is, again, they, they want kind of a, a sanitized thing. They want people to be as comfortable as possible. It isn't meant to be a vessel for free speech. It isn't meant to be a platform for that. Um, and then we're getting another comment uh, from uh, Nate. It says, uh, 
if you think they will stop with Trump, then I feel you're being naive. I think it's the start of a slippery slope when they start banning any dissenting options. This coming from a guy who didn't support or vote for Trump. And Nate, I, I kind of get that. Now, I was, I was hinting at that a bit in the first segment, too, because, again, we, we've seen it. We, we've seen Andrew. Uh, not Andrew Cohen. Andrew Hollister. He got banned. The guy's not even that radical. He's fairly polite as far as libertarians go, uh, as far as the conservative movement goes. Like, he's not saying anything that edgy. And yet, he was also kicked off the platform. And we could see that with more people. And again, as a private company, they don't owe you this. They don't owe you due process. You're kicked off. Nothing. No recourse. Nothing going to happen. And it might happen with more people. And in fact, that's actually a great segue to, to what I think might happen if Section 230 happens. Again, Section 230, if, if that ends up getting repealed or reformed in some way in the way that the, the far left and the far right want. And again, we're, we're seeing renewed calls from this from kind of the, the, the Trump wing too. Like, oh, this is why we need 230 reform. No, see, the reason why 230 reform is bad, in my opinion, is because once that happens, these companies, once you remove those protections that say that these are – not content producers, not publishers. They are merely platforms for people to say their opinions. And when they, these companies like Facebook and Twitter and, and Parler and whoever are liable for the stuff that people put on the platform, that is a tacit endorsement of whatever they're saying by putting stuff out on the platform, they're going to start kicking more people off faster because they don't want to be liable for it. Because the moment someone says something stupid – or close to something stupid, or something uh, you know, a, a libelous or potentially seditious or whatever on their platform, they don't want to be responsible for that. They don't want to face criminal or legal or civil penalties for someone putting something stupid out on their platform. So what are they going to do? They're going to err on the side of caution, and they're going to start kicking people out. Just be like, nope, nope, you, you're radical. You are inevitably going to say something stupid that's going to get us in trouble. Boom, gone. No due process, no nothing, no explanation. You're done. That's it. And I think with the repeal of Section 230, again, we're going to see a lot more of that. It's going to get more aggressive. So I hope that doesn't happen. I hope these platforms do have some insulation so we have the ability to have these full discussions. And I think that what we're seeing now is kind of, again, a preview of what will end up happening because these companies fear punishment by government. Because I think that's part of the motivation for it. I don't think it's just ideological with, with what Amazon did and, and Facebook and Twitter did. I think it's, I think it's also they're worried, particularly the, in Amazon's case, they're worried that if people were planning criminal acts on a platform that is hosted by Amazon Web Services, that somehow Amazon will end up getting in trouble for that. And that in knowing that a platform like Parler is being hosted by them, they think, well, if we know about this, we know what's happening here, and we continue to facilitate it, we're going to get in trouble. And not merely drag before Congress, but saying that they have some responsibility, some part in facilitating extremism in the sense of people actually threatening to, to carry out violent acts against folks, which I, I think we can all agree. There are some folks who, who stormed the Capitol and, and who maybe didn't storm the Capitol, but they, they were thinking about it, the planning, who actually planned to do real legitimate violence, that they were willing, perhaps even capable, 
of hurting people, uh, of hurting Vice President Pence, of hurting uh, congressional leadership who, who really wanted to cause some damage. So again, Amazon, they're freaked out. They're like, but we don't want any part of this. And, and because they're worried that the platform they're hosting there is going to face some legal issues, they want to distance themselves from that. I don't think in Amazon's case specifically, I think it's different with Facebook and Twitter, but I think in Amazon's case specifically, they're covering their own butts because they think that this is going to get them in trouble. And, you know, it, it's, it's an association thing too. They, they could just say, not only are we worried about getting in trouble, we just don't want to be a part of it. And that is a choice that you get to make in a free market. You know, we voluntarily associate with people. We say, nope, you know, I don't agree with this. We do not owe you any ability to host your website. And we could just shut it down. Go find someone else. It's a wide world out there. Maybe someone else will host it. Give them a very short amount of time. All right, we'll keep talking about this and talking about what's going on with Big Tech. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website, their hands on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host today. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for listening. Again, we're live here on WISL until 1 o'clock. So if you want to call in or comment, uh, give us a call, 585-346-3000, or comment online on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook pages, on Twitter, wherever you're at. Send us a comment. Happy to have you participate in the discussion. Of course, shout out down the line over at WACK, our Newark, and WENY, the Patriot down in the Southern Tier. Appreciate you being here as well. And, of course, we have many podcast listeners, too. You guys are listening to it after. And if you ever have comments on that, you go to our podcast page. It's over on Anchor. Just look for a free solution. You can leave us a comment or, or support us there as well, too. This helps keep the show on air. So make sure you support us over there, too. Make sure Larry and I can keep being here. All right, so so we're talking about we're talking about free speech issues, and again, just to, to recap what actually happened here. You know, I've been kind of glossing over these issues. What happened with with 
Trump and getting pulled off of Twitter and a bunch of other folks getting pulled off of, of Twitter too and Facebook and all the other stuff. And then there's a, this other app called, a, I think it's called Parler. If I'm pronouncing that wrong, let me know. But I think it's called Parler. And then you'd, you could send out parlays. It's basically like super conservative right-wing Twitter. Is, is bad. I, I never got on it just because I was like, man, I don't want to do another platform right now. I, I don't want to have another thing that I have to maintain. So I didn't get on it for pure laziness reasons. That is, that is it. I don't have anything else yet. But, you know, I might look into it. Uh, that's, that's definitely another thing that I will uh, think about. Um, but I can't anymore. Like, right now, it's gone. You know, I kind of gave some of what happened. Parler was apparently being hosted using Amazon Web Services uh, servers, and as of last night, they pulled them off. It's gone, taken out. Google also took them off their their Play Store, where you're able to download their app, and uh, Apple took them off of uh, their app store as well. So right now there's nowhere you can really get this as far as I know. I, I don't think that there's anywhere where Parler is available. Um, so all you have is, you know, th this website within the course of a weekend, totally gone. Again, w Apple's and Google's explanation of this is basically that people were plotting criminal activity using this platform, and therefore, you know, they didn't want to be part of that. And again, I'll go back to, I don't think that these companies are violating free speech in any legal way. There's no positive obligation for these companies to provide a platform for, for Parler and its users. And I think that's a good thing. I think it is more dangerous to compel these companies to provide that platform at any level. I don't think that Google or Apple or Amazon should in any way be forced to carry whatever apps that they want. You know, again, if you had a left-wing equivalent of this, if you had a left-wing equivalent of, of Parler, and it was, you know, being used to to, to plan violent riots, I, I think that there would be a different attitude among the people who are upset about this action, and. Again, me, I, I'm, I'm a free market advocate. I would say that, again, Amazon, Google, Apple, all these folks, they have a right to do whatever they want. It is less dangerous to allow that to happen than to have the government step in and say, nope, you have to host all this stuff. You have to make sure that people are given the opportunity to use their service, even if you don't want to give them that opportunity even if it doesn't matter what the price is you don't want to give to them it doesn't matter you're compelled to do it i mean people make comparisons to the uh to kind of bake the cake issue right that in the same way it's compelled speech that you shouldn't be able to force a baker to you know bake a cake for a gay wedding or anything else because you know it's their business they have a right to do business with who they want and even if you disagree with their reasons for not wanting to, to do business with someone, it is their right to do so. As long as they're offering like a, a neutral product. Again, that they can't just do that. Now I think in that sense, you know, it's a little bit different from the Amazon thing, because Amazon's just selling server space. It's different than compelled speech in the sense that they aren't building 
and maintaining the websites for them. They're just offering the space. So it's more akin to just, you know, buying a blank cake at a store, right? And you guys will notice, I, I do this and I think out loud. I'm still thinking through this stuff. I'm still trying to figure out from all these different perspectives, what is the right thing here? So if you're looking for me today, like, oh, Kevin's going to have like a definitive answer on this stuff. I, I don't yet. I'm trying to, I, I lean on the side of freedom and liberty all the time. That, that's where I'm at. I, I would rather people be able to do what they want, to sell to who they want or not sell to who they want. I think that these platforms have a, a, a legal right to kick people off their platform. Because again, you agree to their private terms of service and they can kick them out. And yet, I do think it is worrisome to continue to see the solution, the problematic speech be, well, we're just going to kick them off. We're just going to censor them. And, and th this is censorship. It's free market censorship, but it's censorship nonetheless. I don't like that the solution to this is, well, we're just not going to deal with these folks anymore. And you know, as someone's pointed out to me too, this is probably just going to create more echo chambers. So for the for the types of folks who are you know, on these platforms that the left is worried are, you know, disconnected from reality. Well, what's going to happen when we're no longer even able to talk to each other anymore? Because everyone's using a different platform. If if the the left and the moderates are using Twitter and someone else and, and the, the right is all migrated to different platforms, what happens? If we're no longer even having that communication, finding ways to be able to form connections and have discussions and hash out issues. Does that still happen on social media? I don't even know. Has anyone ever had a productive conversation on social media? I've, I feel like I've had a couple. I've, I feel like I've changed my mind on stuff and and come around on a few issues. But I know that's maybe it's not the norm. I don't know. Let, leave, me a, leave me an argument in the comments online to let me know <laughs> whether or not that's happening to you. And, and I, I'm sorry, I did get a comment uh, from Taylor who's saying, I keep hearing stuff about antitrust laws. I don't know anything about that. Can you explain it? Uh, great question, Taylor. I mean, like in regards to this stuff, there's there's a narrative being pushed by both kind of the uh, Elizabeth Warren types, the Democratic Party, and people like Josh Hawley in the uh, Republican Party, saying that essentially places like Amazon, Facebook. Twitter and Google have a monopoly on the specific industries that they're in, right? So that, that Facebook has essentially a social media monopoly, and therefore they should be broken up because of that. And in fact, we we had a, a former Facebook employee come on this show, and you can uh, look in the, the episode archive either on Facebook or on our podcast archive, a guy named Sahar, and... From a left-wing perspective, he made the argument that Facebook should be broken up basically on antitrust grounds, that we already have the legal framework for breaking up Facebook because they were anti-competitive in the sense that they would either buy up or destroy any competitors that they had. So therefore, because of that and because of the share of market that they have, they have a monopoly on that service. I don't, I don't agree with that. I, I think that these companies, there are already alternatives available. Now, they're not as popular yet, but there's already other things out there. And including, you know, again, it's, it's wild to me to see people complaining on Twitter that Facebook has a monopoly on social media. 
No, it doesn't. There's Twitter, there's Facebook, there's Discord, there's Reddit, there's you know, there's there's all sorts of other stuff that isn't owned by Facebook. I think there's other stuff out there and they're popular just because well because uh there's a consensus built around that that's like the go-to platform and it's also just better. Like sorry, like some of the other social media services stink. They're just they're they're not well developed yet and maybe they will over time. Maybe they'll take off, but there's but there's other stuff out there. People use TikTok too. That's another one, which I think I think as of now is no longer owned by a Chinese company. I don't know. I think that that either went through or is still in the process of going through, which President Trump tried to <laughs> stop way back in the day uh, because, you know, it was – well, he tried to force it to be sold to an American company and take a, a profit off of that. And that. That was a whole weird incident that happened a couple months ago. It seems like an eternity ago, right? All right. So when we come back, we're going to continue talking about big tech – whether or not they're a good thing or a bad thing for the future of free speech. And again, if you have any thoughts on this, leave me a comment or give us a call. We're here until 1 o'clock, 585 346 3000. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us. And thanks again for everyone who's participating in these conversations. You guys rock. I always love hearing from you. You know, I got a call over the break. A uh, person didn't want to go on air. And that's, guys, that's perfectly fine. If you call into the studio, 585-346-3000, during our live shows like this, you don't have to go on air. You can just leave the comment with the producer, and, you know, if it's something good, then I will uh, say it on air. So, you know, we, we got someone who called in and said that, you know, one party rules, uh, you know, one party will one part foolishness. Uh, yeah, you know, I am genuinely worried what the Democrats are going to do, too. I, I was kind of hoping for divided government going in, but it looks like, you know, Democrats are going to have the presidency, the Senate, and the House. They're going to have all three branches of government. They Who knows what damage they're going to do? It's not great. So I kind of like divided government because I would love the worst impulses of the Democrats to be slowed down. Same with Republicans, too. I think that when they have one party rule, they, they kind of go nuts and also forget that they're supposed to be fiscally responsible and <laughs> go nuts on all sorts of other things. So I'd love to see divided government. I'd love to see them come to a consensus on things other than taking away our rights and spending money because the Fortunately, the only consensus that ever seems to go out, come out of this stuff is that, oh, we're going to spend more money. And, and this caller also said, you know, that 40 years of education has led to a division of people. You know, you know I kind of get that too. I, I would love to see greater decentralization of education. I, I would love to see more people having flexibility in their curriculums and what they're learning and, and figuring out ways in which we can – foster independent learning styles, but that is not the prerogative of either Democrats or most Republicans either. I think there's there's more incentive there among Republicans, but not enough to move seriously towards independent education options or even like uh, independent funding of education at, at any level of government for people to be able to develop their own curriculums and, and learn at their own pace and all that stuff. Got another comment here from uh, Nate. He says, you know, here's kind of where I'm at. Yes, they should be able to do what they choose, being a free market advocate. 
um, and I think he's talking about uh, the companies here, but they deserve all the hate that they are getting. I have no desire for the government to step in. This is the way a free market should work. A company does something stupid, and the customers call them out and leave them or stop using. My anger uh, stems from where this comes from. I think you hit the nail on the head that they did this to prevent government, further government intervention. And, and again, I think that's exactly what's going on here, is they think that the government is going to start cracking down on them. So they're doing what they think the government wants to do in removing folks from these platforms and in removing the access of these platforms uh, from even basic website services, you know, Amazon Web Services, uh, WordPress, uh, Parler uses a whole bunch of other stuff, uh, and and several other companies. In addition to Amazon, I've also said uh, that they wouldn't be uh, giving them access anymore, which I think is their right. And again, the free market kind of cuts multiple ways, right? Like that's that's the the fun and terrifying and sometimes frustrating part of free markets is it there's a whole bunch of forces in play here, right? So it's not just one government meat-fisted solution going on and, and crushing these companies or crushing these individuals who are on these platforms. There's a whole bunch of give and take happening here, right? So these companies, they're looking at the what the government might do. They're also looking at you know what other users want to see. Know, progressive and conservative users and libertarian users and there's they've made the decision based on all that data and that there's going to be some backlash from that there's going to be some people who are going to be like you know what i don't want to do business with amazon anymore because of what they did the parlor or i'm just not going to be on facebook anymore you know you guys you're, you're the product on facebook I, I i still like facebook for the most part I get frustrated with how they respond to this stuff, but I still like using it in the sense that I use it to connect with people and to you know get stuff and get my thoughts out there. I still like it overall, but you know there may come a point too where I'm like, either I get kicked off the platform. And actually, funny story, I I thought I was going to get zucked over the weekend too. I, I thought. Uh, I got that that scary notification that said, you know, session expired. Please log in at a desktop to uh, receive further instructions. Like, oh, no, it's happening. Just like it happened to Andrew. No, it turns out, uh, I, I weirdly, I got flagged. Like, There's been a bunch of suspicious activity on your account. We need you to review your comments. And, and I was leaving a whole bunch of really aggressive political comments across the board all libertarian positions but but across the board some on progressive uh things and some on conservative things where i disagreed with them and uh like we just want to confirm that this is usually nope that's me that's me that's me that's me oh yeah no, that's all me so they they turned my account back on but not before disconnecting everything and shutting down all my ad accounts and locking me out of everything so yeah it, and it happened like five minutes before the bills game too so i'm like no guys i don't I don't have time to deal with this right now. <laughs> I, I, I want to watch the Bills beat the Colts, which thankfully they did. But yeah, that that was that was my Saturday afternoon is is thinking that I was going to get kicked off this platform too. But anyhow, that that's a small side thing. You know, there there may come a point again where I either get kicked off or I get sick of Facebook and I'm going to go somewhere else. And and that's kind of my advice to everyone here. Something that I know. Andrew wish he had done better is just making sure that you're not using Facebook or Twitter as your sole means of communication and connection with people that now may be a good time to reach out to your friends and family and make sure you get their phone numbers, 
Make sure you get their email addresses. Make sure you have other ways of being able to connect with people, not just Facebook. And I, I've started to think about this too because I'm like, there's some people, if I wasn't on Facebook or they weren't on Facebook suddenly, I'd have no way of talking to them. I have no idea how I'd get a hold of them. And I, I don't like that. There's some folks that, you know, I, I want to be able to talk to them. Or I could probably get a hold of them, but I'd have to ask like four or five people for their information. I don't want to have to do that. I just want to talk to them directly. But start doing that. Start building those connections, building your social networks outside of these platforms. Think about alternative platforms too. If, if you all have any good ones, I, I've been too lazy to look into to a lot of these. Uh, a few of them, like my experiences on them, have just been like, this is raw. This isn't ready yet. That there's a reason Facebook does certain things the way they do, and I get it. Um, but again, start making and start saving your photos too. Again, I, I think of again what happened with that with with Andrew Hollister is he lost a lot of his photos. A lot of those that's you use if you're using that as your sole means of photo storage, and you get kicked off, you're in trouble. You you got no recourse. You can't go get those back. They're just gone. So start saving those elsewhere. Go, go get yourself a you know, a, a removable hard drive or, or a flash drive with a bunch of data on it that you can uh, load those up into because you don't want to lose that stuff. I started thinking about that stuff recently. These companies have a lot of power. There's some good things that they can do. They can fight some really ugly stuff too. I, I think these platforms can figure out, like if someone's really doing something harmful, you know, I'm fine with kicking some people off. But I do worry about, again, the constant erosion of free speech and the power that they have to shut down dissident opinions. But if you care about that stuff and you want to not be left totally powerless if these companies decide to act against you, as is their legal right, then yeah, start thinking of new ways around it, new ways of communicating. Don't Anything that depends on Google, Apple, whatever, just start thinking about other ways of being able to talk to each other. Um, because who knows, again, with a Democratic majority in the House, the Senate, and the presidency, my worry is that they are going to way, way overreact to what happened. And I'm not trying to downplay the seriousness of what happened last week, but I think we may end up getting Patriot Act 2.0 out of this. That's what my worry is. So we've got to make sure that we can still communicate, we can still organize, and that we try to stop the erosion of our liberties because of uh, the, the incident at the Capitol. We can't let it happen. Fighting to preserve the Constitution, our liberty, and our freedom is still incredibly important, and making sure that we have the means to do so is essential. All right, so that's about all. I think I got everything out on that. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. I'll be back on Wednesday. And, of course, make sure you tune in again tomorrow for Larry Sharp. Talk to you then. Mm -hmm.